This is episode number 10 with the ultimate mindset guru, Chris Pfeiffer. Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. My name is Nick Carrier, fitness trainer and business owner. We all go through life a little bit differently, but we all have one common journey, and that's the journey to become the best version of ourself. Each day, we try to upgrade ourselves. We want to be better today than we were yesterday. That's why each week, we bring you the tools and inspiration to help you become the best version of yourself and find your best you. Thanks for spending some time with me and Chris today. I feel more empowered, I feel stronger, and I feel more inspired to chase down my purpose and goals every single time I talk to Chris. Chris talks about how he went from walking out of his first yoga class three separate times to now being an instructor for five years. His mental practice and his mindset is something you don't really hear very often. You guys are going to love listening to Chris and how he processes things through his head and in particular how he determines success for himself. This episode is an absolute game changer, you guys. Listening to Chris will change your mindset. It'll change the way you look at success and it'll allow you to look at success a little bit differently in your everyday lives. If you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like and a comment. Engage with me. Subscribe there. If you're listening on iTunes, make a review. Move this thing up. The more reviews you write, the more people get access to these tools, tips, and inspiration. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on being our best self today with my good friend, Chris Pfeiffer. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. I got the one and only Chris Byford with me here today. Uh, super stoked to have him. Always looking forward to learn a little bit more from you, Chris, that's for sure. Um, today, I want to start talk about kind of your story from, I know you did teaching back in the educational system um, in, your, in your past life, if you will, and now yeah. uh, made the transition as the yoga teacher quite some time ago. How many years ago was that? Um, five years. Okay, five years yeah, ago five now. Five years. Awesome, very good. I just kind of want you to start by telling that story, kind of why you made that transition and everything like that. So, absolutely. Um, and I always, I think that everything that we're doing is always preparing us for what we're supposed to be doing. Mm. And so, my time in education was like setting me up for what I do now. But um, I got into education. I graduated from the University of South Florida in 2006. I taught middle school. I taught high school. I coached just about every sport you could think of. And the reason I got into teaching is because when I was in school, especially high school, I felt unseen. I felt um, disconnected and kind of left behind by the teachers that I had. Um, I was a good student. I didn't, you know, I didn't cause too many problems. Um, I was an athlete. And at the same time, I had a horrible drinking problem. Okay. But because I kept showing up at class, even though I was drunk, I would show up at school. I would drink in the morning and I would show up at school and um, and I'd go through it and like my coaches wouldn't knew that I was drinking and I had a problem. And if I, but as long as I was, they did know or did not, they, know. they did know I had okay. a problem, but as long as I was making grades and I was showing up for practice and I was showing up for games, then they just left me alone. Mm. And so I wanted to make sure I wanted to go back and, and make sure that kids felt seen. Like the kids that were on the periphery, on the fringes, felt seen and supported. And so I got into education because I wanted to make an impact on people. I wanted to empower, especially at that age, that that ripe age in, in the teen years, where the pressure starts to get put on you about not just like p- pressure socially of like what group do you fit into? Um, are your clothes good enough? Do you look good enough? But like, what are you going to do now you're going to grow up at 17. What are you going to do for the rest of your yeah, life? Yeah, right. That's what you think at 17 is like, I've got to figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. 
And I've only been alive for a few years. Yeah, it's stressful. <laughs> yeah, seriously, though. Because yeah. you only become real conscious of like your thoughts and stuff. Like, I don't even know when. Oh, my God. Like, you, you've been talking for less than two decades. Yeah. Or you're 17. That's and so, uh, and then all of a sudden, like, you're supposed to figure out what you're going to do with your life. Yeah. And I had no idea. And so, all of that pressure and then the, the idea, like, I wasn't being seen and I was, like, crying out for help. I wanted to make sure and go back and, and make kids felt seen and empowered to, like, that they can create the life that they want. Yeah. That well, they don't have to do what other people um, the, the, the traditional paths that okay. they can go out and create a path of their own and, 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 and create a life that they want. That when do you, have... when do you think you had that thought process? Because I think a lot of people, if they're maybe like a rebel in school, then they kind of think like school's not for them. Like, I don't like my teachers and things like that. And I think it's probably kind of a unique change to think like I was ignored. Now I want to go back. When did you, was that like right after high school or when do you think was, you had that it was, it was later on because okay. um, I was good at school because I'm good at figuring things out and how, how to play the game. Okay. Like, you know, I'm, comp- I'm competitive and so I always wanted to win. And so I could figure school out. Like I could figure it out. Like I, I knew like when I had to show up, when I didn't have to show up, exactly how much work I had to do to get what. So I learned how to, to play the game, right. the game of education. And I, I was great at testing. And so I could do everything else I wanted to do as long as I hit these benchmarks. And um, uh, so like school for me, like I would stay in school forever if they could, because that way I could fly, like I could uh, just keep winning yeah. and playing that game. And it occurred to me when I was really making a decision on what I wanted to do in my life. This was later on. This was like I went back to college. Mm-hmm. I, uh, this was in my mid-20s. Um, I had went and tried a bunch of things. And um, I realized what I liked the most was talking to people and empowering people through conversation and just uh, listening to them and the power of listening, like really listening to people and giving them their ear and and getting to know people on a level beyond just what they look like or or the kind of music they like or the clothes they wear. And so I really, I don't like, I have the language to talk about it now, but what I really liked was connecting with people okay. and then empowering them through that connection. Yeah. And um, I knew I wanted to help kids and I wanted to uh, like, especially that age from like 12 to 17. Um, and so when I went back and I went into education, that was my goal. Mm. And I, and I really thought I was, I was doing a good job of that, but the way the education system is set up and geared around standardized testing, I felt like I wasn't having the impact um, that I could have some in some other way. Okay. And so I kind of got um, beat up emotionally about it. Like I really wore it on my like wore it on me. Like I would go home and like I knew these kids who parents were working second. Like they had one parent that was working second shift, and so they were going home from school and then going to a part-time job and then coming home and then cooking and cleaning and taking care of their siblings and not seeing their parents. Right. And then getting up in the morning and taking care of their sibling and coming to school and they didn't have a childhood and they were coming to school and they were struggling in school. You know, maybe they didn't have money for lunch and they weren't getting a breakfast and they were just constantly just going and had all these responsibilities. And all the a lot of times in the education system, all people care about are you hitting benchmarks. Mm. And so they weren't in the game like that because they were so involved in life already at a young age. And so I wanted to be that person that was supporting them. And I, and I was in a certain way, but not in the way I wanted to. Okay. Because even at the same time as a teacher, um, I'm contractually ob- obligated to them hitting these benchmarks. Yeah. So it almost sounds like to me that you kind of realized at that mid-20s uh, age range that you kind of looked back and saw people who were, or, you know, kind of stuck in that playing the game like you. But you said you were successful at playing the game, that yeah. you could figure things out. And you almost like looked back on these people who 
can't do what you did and couldn't make it through it and then wanted to empower them in that way. Is well, that it's right? like, yeah, and like when you get involved in like real life, like you're like standardized test what? Yeah. Like I've got to eat. Like I've got <laughs> right. to eat. I'm my little brother. He needs shoes. Like, like, yeah, like homework is like third or fourth on my list of priorities. Mm. And so when you like, even if you can recognize the game, it just doesn't have the same relevance to you as like taking care of, you know, the, uh, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs of, I, I need, I need basic security. I need food. I need shelter. I need support. I need love. I need all these things. And then, like, way down the list is I need to know how to, like, uh, diagram a sentence, yeah. <laughs> you know? I need to know high-functioning math. Like, you know, that geometry, that all comes way down the list of, like, needs as a human being mm. as opposed to, like, needs of a student in our society at this day and age. And so I wasn't obligating – I wasn't fulfilling my obligations that I created for myself um, in that role. And there's – I know a lot of amazing teachers. I work with um, Metro Public Schools and help – teach teachers and um, faculty how to teach yoga and meditation in the classroom. And they're doing an amazing job and they're all working hard. But my heart was, was hurting because I wasn't really answering the calling that mm-hmm. I was put here to. And I think that we all have a purpose. Yeah. And until we find that purpose, we're going to keep coming into uh, lessons and obstacles that are trying to bump us into the right direction. Yeah. And so that's what happened with me. I got kind of got bumped uh, away from teaching. And um, when I got bumped away from teaching, um, I was kind of, I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. And when we moved to Nashville, I knew I wasn't going to go take the praxis, which I needed to take in Tennessee because I didn't have a Tennessee teaching certificate. I had a certificate in Florida. And and a little bit of that was ego. Like, I've been a teacher. Yeah. I've got a teaching you. certificate. I'm not taking another standardized test. Right. So to prove it to you that I can teach so I can go make $35,000. I'm just not going to do it and yeah. so that you can, so I can make these kids pass these standards. I'm just not happening. And another part of me knew that that wasn't going to fulfill me anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was in town and I was started practicing um, power vinyasa, like a power yoga, Baptist power yoga. And I'd been practicing yoga for about 12 years before I came here, but kind of like a dabbler. Like I kind of dabbled in it. Mm-hmm. Like after I'd work out for an hour and play basketball for two or three hours, right. I would go do like 45 minutes of stretching in a okay. yoga class. Um, nothing big. And then I found this class that was super athletic, super challenging, and I was really bad at it. Yeah. I was so bad at it. And my wife was so good at it. It was so infuriating. Yeah. Oh, my and you God. You probably hadn't been too, too – you probably hadn't really been bad at movement things. Oh, my God. Past. Yeah. Like, I'm, like I've been good. Like, I'm nat- blessed that I'm naturally inclined, like, at sports and stuff like that. So, I've always been um, – I've always been able to achieve in athletics. Right. And so we went to this power yoga class and I remember it exactly. This guy named Michael was teaching. It was at Epic Yoga in Brentwood. <laughs> Mandy and I walked into it and like 20 minutes into the class, like this teacher was like pushing us through these sun salutations. Yeah. And I just got stood up and said, this is stupid. You're an asshole. I'm out of here. Yeah. And I walked out and he locked the door behind me. And I remember I was, I, and it was just all an excuse right. um, for me to go sit outside and like, because I was dying. I was purple. I couldn't breathe. Right. Sweat in my ear. Like sweat in my ears. Like mm-hmm. I was in the pool. Like sweat in my ears. And then I realized Mandy was just in there having a great time still. Right. So I can't be out here not succeeding. Mm-hmm. And Mandy in there winning. Because mm-hmm. in my mind at that time, she was beating me at yoga. And so I banged on the door. The guy came and let me back in. Michael came and let me back in. Gracious, amazing teacher. And I got back on my mat. And I was in there for about 15 more minutes. I was like, that's it. I'm done again. And I yeah. walked out again. This time he left the door. Okay. He left the door unlocked and uh, 
I sat outside for about seven or eight minutes and I was like, okay, like, you know, you know how it is when you're, um, you've been engaged in athletics your whole life. Like you kind of pep yourself up. You're like, oh, they're not going to, they're not going to run me out of this room. Like yeah. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to beat yoga today. Right. And so I went back in the room and I managed to finish the class and I don't even know how I carried myself out of the room. Yeah. But Mandy like danced out of the room. She was barely, she was glistening. And, yeah. uh, and so I was like, there's no way I'm going to let Mandy beat me at yoga. Right. And so I, we came back two days later and then we came back and we came back. And it took me about six months of going, coming back to realize that I'm never going to win at yoga. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to win at yoga. And I have to shift my idea of what yeah. success is in here and what success means to me. And that was the beginning of like a six or seven year long process of shifting what success means yeah. to me. Shifting what like mean? ego to humility. Yeah. Almost. Or shifting where, where success actually begins and lands. Okay. And so instead of success um, from a result – like, okay, I succeeded at this because I accomplished it mm. and now I'm a success or I'm a, I failed at this because I didn't get my result and now I'm a failure. Um, the success of being engaged in the process, moving towards a goal. Okay. And so as soon as you set a goal and you begin the process of it, you're a success. Like the only failing we do is the lack of setting a goal and the lack of moving towards it. Okay. And so when I shifted the idea that success is in the result to success being in the process, then all of a sudden the practice just opened up for me. Like um, I, I used to like come to the front of the room and take my shirt off. And like I read the book so I could see what the poses look like. Yeah. And like I just like they call the pose and I go and pretend like I was doing the pose. <laughs> right. Like I wasn't breathing. I wasn't focusing. I didn't, didn't have like core integration. Like I didn't have any of the stuff except the shell. Like I had the shape. Yeah. We call that practicing asana or practicing, po- mm. practicing poses. Yeah. And I wasn't practicing yoga. And so but when I shifted to focusing on the process and I started to get a little bit more engaged in like what's beyond the poses and I started reading and, and I just got really um, invested in it. And all of a sudden, like the breathing and the ability to focus and uh, the ability to just take what's happening in, in the moment and not having to react to it, it started to show up in me. Like when I was driving my car Yeah. and all of a sudden I was like, Whoa, like, what is this? Yeah, this like, is- I'm not honking. I don't have my window down trying to get in a fight in the intersection because someone cut me off. Right. Like, all of a sudden, I'm taking a breath and I'm just waving people through. It's not even, it's, not, it's <laughs> my turn. And I'm still just waving Almost people through. Almost too generous. There. It's like, why did I just let that person go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but it just created a shift. And then I realized, like, like, when you really get engaged in the practice, it's something that doesn't, it shifts, doesn't just shift like your calves and your triceps and all that kind of stuff. It shifts how you show up in your life mm-hmm. and how you show up in other people's lives. Gotcha. And I got really, this was so powerful that I became passionate about it. And Mandy and I were talking one day and it just came to this realization that, you know, I've always been a coach yeah. and like teaching is kind of in my nature. It's my dharma. And then here's this amazing gift that like has been given to me, this practice, this yoga practice. And like, why am I not teaching this? Mm-hmm. Like, this is what it is. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. If Like when you really have gratitude for a gift this is when you sh- want to share it with someone else. Gotcha. And so like it really like finally all the pieces came together. Mm-hmm. And I was I was 35 years old. Yeah. I was 35 years old. And so like it's like really like I'm going to be like the 35-year-old in the teacher training. Yeah. Well, let's speak to that because you said, you know, that first yoga class that you went to, 
you walked out two yeah. times. You weren't yeah. good at it, and no. I've heard you talking. Still and, not great at yoga. Right, right. <laughs> and I've heard you said that in, in past conversations. You that you don't come from this place of being able to do all these crazy poses or anything yeah. like that. So dude, when you started it and everything, like you, you said, like it's this great gift. I have this to share, and super enthusiastic about it. And it's probably easy to say that you know looking back on it. But I'm wondering is when you started it, or you know even maybe now, do you ever come from a place of self-doubt thinking like i can't do all these things as good as some other yoga instructors like is this what i'm supposed to do yeah well like so when when i shifted like what the practice my practice meant to me right when i shifted it from being okay i want to make these poses look like this i want to have like this instagram picture of a pose yeah like when i shifted it to that to being i want to focus i want to be able to keep my focus on my breath for this whole class Mm -hmm. i want to keep my drifty my gaze like that, that the practice of eye focus for an entire hour, or when I shifted um, every time my mind wanders, I'm going to come back to my intention. When I started the bringing that into my practice, that's 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 when all of it shifted. Mm-hmm. And so, like like I teach yoga, so like I'll teach you the basics of the poses, so you feel safe, so you feel successful. But what I really want to get across to you are the lessons you learn when you're in the pose. Okay. So if if the like say the pose is like. Uh, the chocolate shell, like it looks delicious. Yeah. And but if there's not breath there, if there's not an intention in there, if there's not like a, a focus of mind, so where the where you're focusing on your breath and you see thoughts and feelings start to come through, and you don't react to them, and you start to stay beyond the moment of wanting to leave, then all of a sudden that chocolate shell gets filled with all this nuggety goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's not that you get the chocolate That's shell awesome. first, and then all of a sudden you learn all these amazing things yeah. that really fill you up, that are fulfilling. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like me that you. Like you said, you took root in the practice and the journey of it. But to me, it sounds like you are so passionate about the, you know, changing your life outside of the room and that you probably just take like have that as your rock, your foundation and that there's no yoga pose that could get you down or anything like that. Yeah. And what I think is important and I I said it today in class in Shakti is it's not about getting it. It's about going for it. Mm. Shift your mindset from I have to get it to I'm willing to go for it. And let's just see what happens. And like my practice, it ebbs and flows. Like sometimes like it feels like I'm just floating on air and everything's landing and like I stick a handstand and it feels great and all this stuff. And other times like I'm shaking and down dog, like I'm questioning what I do for a living and sun salutations 15 minutes in. Like I make people do this just because like I'm so in my head about it. And so that's what I love about it is every time I step on my mat, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's about showing up. Whether you feel good or bad, okay, or whether you want to do it or not, showing up consistency is the cornerstone of any practice. And so, more times than not, you probably don't want to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like probably fifty-one percent of the time, you don't really want to get up and go to the gym at right. six in the morning, right. or you don't want to go run those miles or do those things you have to do. But you show up and do it anyway, mm-hmm. and it just becomes who you are. Who you are is someone that shows up, and you show when you start to show up for yourself. And then you create the practice of showing up for other people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what my teaching is about. It's like, I'm going to teach you the, the physical fundamentals. So you're safe and you, and you have this, like the, you put the lines on the paper and then I'm going to really try to get across the other lessons yeah. and make it more fulfilling and make it more than just a physical practice that affects your body Okay, and make it something that like mentally and emotionally, um, you become invested in. Right. Gotcha. I think so. One thing that you said, I really liked and 100% believe in that it's not about getting it, it's about going for it. Yeah. But what I want you to do is I want you to talk to somebody who 
thinks that they're hearing that and they're like, oh, this is a yoga instructor. Or yeah. they're thinking like, this is a yoga class and it's not necessarily applicable to the real life, which I don't agree with. I yeah. 100% believe that it is applicable yeah. to any situation really. So I want you to kind of talk to that person who is kind of doubting you when you say it's not about getting it, it's about going for it. Um, my teacher, Baron Baptiste, he has a saying and uh, I love it. And it's how you do anything is how you do everything. So basically, you're just a big set of habits and reactions. I love that. And so what you want to do is create positive habits. And then you want to create space between um, uh, actions and how you react. Mm. So like when you're in the space of the observer, yeah, something happens, there's an action happens, and then there's your response to it. And if you decide to react, you're, you're going back to action. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of staying in that space of the observer. Okay. So uh, instead of choosing what you're going to do, the stimulus is directing you to what to do. So you're giving up control. Right. And so it's, that's the same thing. It's, it's being willing to go for it, not being tied to the result of it. Mm -hmm. And when you're tied to the result of it, you're just in this action result reaction loop. And so you just be willing to like step outside of, of the, of the things that you do every day. Like you, you have routines. And we get stuck in these ruts, right? energetic ruts. Like that's just how – that's the physics. That's just how things want to move in the, in the same patterns. Mm -hmm. So And so if you have to look at the patterns in your life, in your personal life, in, in your fiscal life, um, in your business, and, and all the areas of your life, health, all of that. And you have to see like the patterns – you have to see which patterns are actually giving you the results you need. Yeah. Or if you're or if you're stuck on the same result that you've been on for three years, then you're not growing. So you can't keep taking that action, action, action. You have yeah. to like evaluate it and like yeah. take the time to observe what's actually going on and then react mm -hmm. to it accordingly if it's working or if it's not. Yeah, absolutely. And so the so, and so that's why I think it's a like these lessons. It's not just a yoga lesson. It's a lifting weights lesson. It's a running lesson. It's a cycling lesson. It's painting. It's uh, uh, writing music. It's building buildings. Like it's the same thing. It's the process. You fall in love with the process so that um, you're not tied to the result of it. If like your success comes from results, from achievements, from plaques, um, from nice clothes and fancy cars, then you're just creating a hole. You're digging this hole right. that you're never going to fill. Because you're, you're, it's always got to be something more. Yeah. It's always, okay, I've got that, now what? I've What's got next? that, now what? And you're never fulfilled. Yeah. Because fulfillment doesn't come from achievement. It comes from being engaged in something that brings you joy. Yeah. And so you find joy in the process and you find fulfillment. And then like, it doesn't matter. Like you just, the results come and you're just like, okay, that's good. I'm still involved in this process. And yeah. the results come and it's just, boom. And then you just grow and the process grows. Mm -hmm. And then like all of a sudden you look up and it's a few years later and you look back at the results and you're like, whoa, all that happened. Yeah. Like, wow, that's cool that that happened. But you're still just growing in the process. Right. And so fulfilled by it. Definitely. Like doing something like I'm passionate about it. I love what I do. And you uh, Yeah, absolutely. And it's like it doesn't matter like if five people show up to my class or 50 people show up. I'm so happy to be there to share with them, to see them, uh, the smile on their face when they try something and mm -hmm. fall on the floor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the way they feel when they leave the class. And I always have people talk before class, introduce themselves. And, and it's a joy to me to see them talk after class. Right. And to create connection. And, and it's just openness. And that openness comes from uh, self-acceptance. Yeah. That comes from just being willing to fall on your face. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, because, well, and then that's what you said kind of when you were young, you realized that, that was one of your biggest 
passions that you realized you loved just the talking to people and communicating yeah. about kind of real things and trying to empower them, which was obviously just kind of what you were talking about, just showing up and having people introduce themselves. So I think that kind of tied together yeah. from back when you were in the mid twenties, like you were talking about. Absolutely. For me, I think everything, like everything, like how you show up in, in this space is how you show up in that space. You may pretend like if you're, if you get in the practice of pretending like I'm going to be this way for these people and then I'm going to be this way for these people. And you just lose yourself. Mm. Like to really live a happy life, to live a, a life full of joy is the ability to just to be yourself no matter where you are. And that comes from self-acceptance and self-acceptance comes from a, a, like a true awareness of you. Okay. And so like you find this awareness of yourself when you push yourself, when you push yourself and you strain a little bit. Yeah, like you find the edges of who you are mm-hmm. and then you push against those edges and all of a sudden you kind of grow yourself. Yeah. And so like either you're pushing on those edges and growing yourself or you're sinking back into the comfort of who you have been in the past. Yeah. You're trying to recreate your past. Like you're listening to the, you know, nothing's wrong with listening to the same music, but mm-hmm. you're not listening to any new music. Yeah. You know, you're not, you don't want to see any new movies. You're just watching like Reservoir Dogs over and over again. <laughs> like, you know, like you're just trying to like keep things the way they are. Yeah. But life is constantly moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not in the flow with or of, without you. Yeah. If you're not in the flow of life, then you're just creating resistance and tension in your life and dis-ease. It's creating all this um, uh, tumultuous um, uh, reactionary living. Yeah. And so like to go with the flow of life means you have to grow. You have to grow because yeah. you're either comfortable, 100%. you're either in the place of being comfortable or you're in the place of progressing. Okay. And so that going for it allows you to progress. Yeah. Not being willing to go for something means that you're you're, you're not accepting who you are. Because you need acceptance from other people, right. so you can't let them see you fall down. Gotcha. So, and the th- two topics you just mentioned on, I kind of want you. To, we're going to talk a little bit further about that. Is self acceptance, which is huge, and overall satisfaction, overall happiness, but then being able to grow, being able to try to upgrade yourself every single day and become that much a little bit better every single day. So, I want you to kind of talk about the difference between self acceptance and like accepting who you are in this moment versus. I need to, you know, get a little bit better. Yeah. Kind of the difference there. Yeah. And so like for me, it's like I like to – and of course yoga is like this. It's always kind of counterintuitive Mm -hmm. and duplicit. But like for me, growth is uh, removing of the masks and the shells that we create. Okay. We remove the – the the identities where that we create so that we're trying to be someone for someone else and these protective layers that we put on ourselves to hide our truth the truth of who we are all our insecurities all our doubts all our fears we bear that all inside even the things we enjoy a lot of times we hide them down inside because right. maybe they're not accepted mm-hmm. and so and then we have this all these layers and layers and layers by the time you get you know into your mid 20s 30s like you lose connection with who you really are okay. and you're and you're like moving and, and through life and as like like a zombie like like just like it's Halloween every day and you're putting on the mask and leaving the house and pretending like you're happy someone asks you like how are you today and you're like so good so yeah. good but in your inside you're like oh someone help me yeah and so like growth is really removing those layers and the more and, it, and the growth happens you remove the layers and a little bit more of you comes out mm. and you remove another layer and it's like boom the light comes in there's pain there and all of a sudden but a little bit more of you starts to show and your heart starts to show and so you grow past the self-limiting doubts and self-limiting thoughts and and the fears that keep you trapped on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but you have to strain. Right. You have to, there have to be moments of 
of of exceeding what you believe about yourself. Because if we only did the things that we thought we would be successful at, we would have stopped trying things at elementary school. Yeah. Like they would have been like shapes. You're like, nope, <laughs> no way I'm going to know what a triangle is. Right. Done. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like that comes from uh, taking on doubt. Mm-hmm. And like doubt's good. Like I'm going to take this doubt because I'm going to use this doubt as the foundation of the faith in myself okay. that I'm going to jump beyond. Like I'm going to just go run up to the cliff and jump off of it and see what happens. Yeah. Are there any specific layers that you know that you've peeled off recently that you've kind of <laughs> been uh, aware about? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm constantly and like some of those layers. It's like uh, like wallpaper in like a 70 year old house. Like okay. you, pu- you pull the flower layer off. Yeah. And then like, oh, there's like this. Pastel layer, and you get a pastel, and here's the flower layer again. Yeah. So like sometimes like you're, okay. it's a constant work of it. It's not like flipping a switch. Right. But um, yeah, of course, there's always the negative self talk. Mm-hmm. Is is one that I see come up with me a lot. Um, you know, something I've constantly been working. I've been really focused on working on and not speaking to myself in a negative way. Okay. So I'm I'm trying to be in the integrity of I would want to talk to myself in a way that I would ask other people to speak to me. Right. And so if I wouldn't let you disrespect me and talk to me poorly, then why am I going to talk to myself poorly? Yeah. Why am I going to berate myself or beat myself up for not uh, meeting other people's expectations when like I have higher expectations of myself? And so like I can't um, berate myself. I can't talk down to myself. Yeah. And so I find that that's the hardest lesson for me because it's a default. Because if I talk down to myself then I can let myself off the hook mm-hmm. for trying something on that's scary. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that a lot of us have. I think we all have such negative self-talk about some things that we are aware of and some yeah. things that we're not aware of that we talk negatively about ourselves. And I think that's a huge problem with a lot of people. So how do you – what's your practice like in tor- in terms of reversing that into positive self-talk? Um, uh, sharing that talk, like I share it with, like when I think that thing, like okay. I'll share it with people like friends, the sport system, uh, especially my wife. Like okay. I can t- say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about me in this situation right now. And she just kind of like shows me, number one, she's like, Dude, she what, she, wrong. What, what, what she calls me, she says she's yoging me. Like, okay. She's like, yeah. flips a lesson, like, ha, I did it to you. You do it to other people. <laughs> so she kind of shines a light on me and said, like, you're out of your integrity. Yeah. Like, here's what you ask other people to do. Come back to this lesson. And so she points me back in that direction. And so, like, really, it's having um, people around you that care about you, yeah. that um, believe in you, like, so surrounding yourself with positive people. Um, Einstein said, uh, God, this is paraphrasing it. Yeah, yeah it's I quoted him the other day. But he, <laughs> he said, don't be around negative people. They'll find a problem for every solution. Uh, yeah, I did see yeah. that. Yeah, and so like for, and like having people around you that hold you to a higher standard, that expect greatness from you, that know what you're capable of and hold you up to that. Like and people that aren't like that, they want you to be negative. They want you to come down because then they get to stay in, in, in their shell and mm-hmm. wear their mask and, and stay in that comfort zone because they can't be surrounded by other people that are grow, extending beyond it. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to try to pull your vibration down with theirs. Yeah. I really like that 100% being being able to speak it out loud to somebody. But yeah. I also think that speaking it out loud, even in a room just by yourself yeah. or to yourself in the mirror is huge yeah. because I think sometimes you could say like, I am X, Y, or Z. It's yeah. a negative thing. And you hear it out loud and it's like, what am I talking about? I think it could yeah. be that simple it is. with some people. And yeah. one thing that I've um, heard and actually advised a couple of people to do who talk about, talk to me about how they have such negative self-talk is in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror and say two things 
that you like about yourself. And yeah. it could be the dumbest thing ever. It's like, I yeah. like my eyes. Or it could be like, I am confident. Yeah. You know, I think the words I am are so powerful. And yeah. so many people say, I am stressed out. And because they speak it out, then their body like hears it and reacts that way and they're going to be stressed out. Yeah, there's a great there's a great exercise, the I am exercise, where it literally you can do it by yourself or you can do it with a partner. Mm-hmm. And if you do it by yourself, you just say I am and you just write down the first thing that comes to your mind. Yeah. And you just keep going until you can't say anything else. Um, and then event, like you just go through that list and like you underline all the things that are like actions that you do. And then you circle all the like all the roles you play, mm-hmm. and then you go back and you look and you see like that you choose all of those. Yeah, that you choose all of those. So like, if you're gonna choose the role that you play, if you're gonna choose the actions that you do, then like recognize the positive ones and embrace those. Mm-hmm. Well, and let the let the negative ones that you chose like empower you. Yeah, realize, realize like. I didn't need to do that. And yeah. like, I actually have control and to be able to make that not happen. It's, it's like when, when it's in your head, it's like just bouncing in the ether and it's just constantly there because it's not being tested against anything. Mm. It's, it's not, when, when you finally pull it out and you put it into the universe, you realize it's not water soluble. Like you, like you put it into the universe, you speak it out and it just dissipates. There's no gravity to yeah. it. And it's, it's, uh, it, and it's something about saying it out. Like you said, there's energy to it and it like almost releases it. All right. It almost releases it. And like that your exercise with the two positive things a day. I love that. Um, I, I was over at uh, Adam's house mm-hmm. um, probably like two years ago and I went to his bathroom. Okay. Adam Gardner. Yeah. And, uh, he had a post-it note on his, uh, his bathroom mirror and said, say three things you love about yourself today. Yeah. And, uh, and so in my class, Every day, like every class I teach, in the middle of class, I'll have people do tree hugger where they fold over and then grab the, wrap their arms around the legs. And then say out loud one thing they love about themselves today. Like, what is it? Even if it's just, I'm here. Like, whatever it is, say it out loud about uh, to yourself, about yeah. yourself, so that other people can hear it. Mm-hmm. So that other people can hear it. And then put some gravity to that positive thing. Right. Because the lies live in your head. And, the oh, truth out, is out here. Like, when you put it into the universe, it's born out. Yeah. And I think that... Energy kind of comes across your body because one thing is I do, like I do the same thing I see. Instead of three things that I like about myself, I say three things I'm grateful for in the morning. Oh, that's great. And saying it out loud. And because I do it every morning, like you have to come up with new stuff. Yeah. And sometimes I come up with the most ridiculous things ever. And then yeah. I will literally laugh out loud being right. like, that was the dumbest thing ever. But now I'm like smiling and have positive energy. Right. And like gratitude, you know, anything. And then self or like things that you like about yourself just – can overwhelm your body with positive energy and move you move throughout the day. Oh yeah, gratitude is the is the anchor to joy. Mm. Like whenever like you get like whenever you get wrapped up into what should be or or what isn't happening or anything like that, like take stock. Like take stock. I teach um, at the Correctional Development Center for Small World every Tuesday with Liz Vile. And um, every time I go in there, those guys are so gracious and so happy that we're in there teaching them yoga. And they get out of the pod. They're in the good pod because they're in the programs pod. So they're on good behavior. But they're still just so grateful. And so when I go in there, it's like no matter what's happening in my day, it's like I'm in my own clothes. I'm choosing where I'm going next. I'm sleeping in my own bed. Like no matter what's going on in your life, it could always be worse. Um, my friend Samson in Kenya, he, he's got this project, a humanure, where they're installing composting toilets in the, in the schools. Because in the schools, the kids have to use the bathroom in a hole in the ground. Jeez. And so, like, when I, when I start to complain about, oh, man, I wish I had a new – I just got in a car. Right? I just wish I had oh, a new geez. car. Yeah. My front end's banged up or, or why am I not – this isn't happening for me. Then I start stop and I take stock of, like, think back seven years ago. Like where I was at seven years ago, trying to figure out, like, why am I here on this earth? What's my purpose? Like, I know I have a purpose. What is it? 
Like, what, what are the signs going to be? Like, when is it going to be my turn to, to be fulfilled to like actually like, uh, like to answer the promises? Yeah. And, uh, and then like, look at me now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm found it. Like, I'm, I'm here. Like, no matter what else is going on, I'm doing something that I really love to do. Mm. And I have an amazing wife and I have, uh, these great little chihuahuas and I have, <laughs> I'm surrounded by amazing, like, people like you. Like, like I have these people in this community that uh, keeps me grounded in gratitude. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Take stock, have a little perspective because no matter what, either you had a worse time in your life or somebody else has it worse. Yeah. And you can always, 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 always yeah. think about people who have it worse. I mean, just being living in this country, we're better oh off God, than 99% of people. Uh, it's yeah, just I, like, are you kidding me? Yeah. If, like, you, if you can't find anything, like, at least you, take like some you, stock in If you in can that. go to your, in your house and you can go and turn on the sink and water comes yeah. out of a hole, magically water pours out of this hole yeah it's like what and like no matter how much you hate tap water unless you're like flint or like you know like near yeah. kentucky near the coal plant or something like <laughs> you can take your mouth underneath that sink and take water and drink in it. it and think about the problem think i bet a lot of the problems that we have now if you would have taken that problem and put it in somebody's head like a oh, hundred years ago yeah. they'd have been laughed at you and be like give me okay. a break uh, oh my god like we've like this country's only been hasn't even been here for 300 years yeah like and but like look at this pro the progress that, that we've made in this last fifty years of of quality of life of of reaching out like things are better now even though that seems like uh, tumultuous mm -hmm. they're better now and they're getting better it's that tumultuousness that that tearing apart of the old things the 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 conflict the the destruction the all the the uproar yeah that's creating this new this new way forward. And it, and it takes that. It takes the, like, the tearing down of the old to build up the new. Yeah. So even though all of this stuff's going on, like the, these great movements, the Me Too movement, like the, the Kavanaugh trial that's bringing forth like all this stuff, the Cosby stuff, all this stuff is bringing forth discussions that have been pushed were, like were in the closet yeah. a long time ago. And so like we need, we need this um, uncomfortableness. We need this, this uh, uh, pushing up against resistance. To like to grow into this new space as a society, yeah. And no like, matter what side of the of the it doesn't matter. Thing you're on, yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't matter because you're still part of the the progress moving forward. You're part of the discussion, and so like whatever you believe in, like your beliefs can be yours. But as a country, like we're progressing towards like um, allowing everyone to have representation, everyone to have a voice, and you know the internet's really created that for us of like everyone can like speak up and share and be heard, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing for most people. There's some people that's like, why are you on the internet? Like, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah. come on. You should be on the street corner yelling crazy things at people <laughs> as they drive by. But um, yeah, like it's just such an amazing time to be alive. No doubt. Man, such I an think, amazing time to be alive, man. Yeah, 100%. No doubt. I have, I have anytime I can't think of a gratitude, that's Dude, it. I go I, back I, to I it. Look, like, I just look down. I'm like, okay, I'm wearing flip flops. I'm wearing some <laughs> Lululemon pants. Yeah. yeah. And I'm wearing like. Like a Lululemon shirt, and like this is what I wear every day. Yeah, and um, I get to go and sit in a hot, sweaty room, and I get to see people grow and smile and struggle and cry and just break out of the shell and the pain mm -hmm. that keeps them buried in the past. And it's such an amazing life that I get to lead to yeah. get to do this thing. And like when I finally come back to that, everything else like it'll be taken care of. Yeah. Everything is building towards, like everything's preparing you for what's next. Right. And so you're always growing into that space of, of there's something bigger. And it is true. Like you're constantly growing towards it. And so like whatever's happening now in your life, 
whether it's good or bad, whether you like it or don't like it, you may not understand it. It's preparing you for what's next. Yeah. And so if we can just like come into that space of accepting what's happening, right. then, then we don't create all the tension and we don't lose as much sleep. We don't binge drink as much. We don't, you know, we don't go to the easy stuff to eat. Right. And we, then, then that creates just more shame and then we get in the shame spiral and then we do more bad things. And so like just if you're in that spiral or if you're in that place where like, you just feel stuck and you're just like going down that wormhole. Just stop. Yeah. Just stop where you're at. Like you're not too far gone. There's a Turkish proverb that says no matter how far you've gone down the wrong road, stop and turn around. Mm. It's never too late. And so like gratitude is what's going to anchor you to that. Like take stock. Like you're alive. Number one, you're alive. Yeah. yeah. And then just start start there and just see what else you have. You may be all alone on this earth. Yeah. But really you're not. Like you're really surrounded by people that you don't know yet. Right. Yet. It's a good, it's a good word right there at the end of that. Yeah. Sure. Like I, I really believe that we're all connected. Um, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, there's like all of us know like a thousand people and then yeah. they know a thousand people. So you're one away from a million, like two away from a billion. Oh, it's, it's, just... it's nuts. And it's like if you think about like even how we breathe, like first there were plants and the plants took in the, the gases that we're here and put out oxygen. Right. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere was created, and there's just one big set of oxygen. Like, just one, this thing of oxygen. So there's really one big breath that we all share. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have two lungs in your chest, but really your breathing apparatus is every plant in the, on the planet. You know, and every other pair of lungs that pushes out uh, gas yeah. for them to take in and put out the gas that makes you breathe. Yeah. And then, like... No matter what, you try to hold your breath, like take in all the air and then blow it out and try not to let a breath in. And eventually, boom, the universe is going to push a breath in you mm. all the way up until you've served your purpose here on this earth. Yeah. You're going to keep getting a breath pushed into you. And it's like you don't ask for it. So like every like four seconds, you're getting the greatest gift you've ever gotten. So start yeah. with I'm alive. There you go. And then I'm connected. Like I'm breathing because other people are breathing. Yeah, man, I love, I love the perspective. I love the mindset. I'm getting so much positive vibes. I'm just got a whole lot of energy right now. I'm loving yeah. it. Um, I got a few more questions. There's one that has been lurking in the back of my mind ever since you started, and and it was you know you were back in the education system, and yeah, you were for sure kind of in this place where you probably knew you wanted to get out of it. Yeah. And you maybe weren't necessarily sure, and then yoga kind of presented itself. I want you to talk a little bit more about kind of the the mental and emotional transition to a, a new thing that's yeah. that's new, that's risky. Like, am I yeah. going to make money? How am I going to live? All this kind of thing. Because that's one of my least favorite things to see in people when they're in this job or whatever it is that they absolutely hate and they feel like there's kind of no way out. So I kind of want you to speak to that emotional, mental yeah. decision. I, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> this reminds me of uh, – so in my last training I did at Baptist Institute and Baron Baptiste, um, they played this old Bob Newhart video from Mad TV. Okay. And he was a therapist and he only charged $5 for the, or $5 for the first five minutes and then like whatever, a quarter a minute after that and he didn't make change. Yeah. And so this lady came in and sat down and told him her problem and he said, stop it. Like, stop it. Like, that's it. Like, whatever's happening, like whatever you're in a, you're in a dead end job. You're, or you're in a job you don't love. You're doing, you're with someone you don't really enjoy anymore. You're in a relationship that's not, that's not supporting you and who you are. It's not fulfilling you. Whatever it is, these things you're doing that aren't fulfilling you, stop. Like that's the first step. Like stop doing that. Hmm. Like stop doing that. And then go all in on the thing that, it, that's going to light you up. Like this is your one, tr- this is your one time on the planet. And so for me, that's what it was. Um, I, you know, I've had some health problems and when my, 
late twenties, I was told that, you know, I'm a perfect candidate for a widow maker heart attack. Oh, that I should pass in my thirties, like, you know, hy- hypoglycemia, hypothyroidism, hyperlipidemia, all this stuff. And, um, so I always kind of felt, and I've almost died a few times. And so like, um, I've always kind of felt like I'm on borrowed time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was kind of like, okay, if this is what I'm going to do, I just need to go, I just need to get about the business of doing it. Yeah. I need to just go about the business of doing it. You felt like you had to. Yeah. And so like if you have that, if you get to that sense of urgency and in Baptist yoga, it's it's our third theme. Like the three themes are uh, be a yes, like be a yes be a, for up for something bigger than yourself. Yeah. Okay. Um, give up what you must. Like so whatever it is that's holding you back or in your way, like you give it up. And the third one is, is you are ready now. Like come from this moment is the only moment I have. And so if you live like that, like I'm ready now, I'm ready to take it on now, like to begin my journey or yeah. begin whatever it is. And if this moment is all I have, then I need to get about the business of doing it. Yeah. Like I can't like put it off till things are better. I don't need to plan the best time to do it. I don't need to try to figure it out. I need to think less and be more and just get into the action of actually having, creating the life that I want. Yeah. Because the life I've created so far it's not working for me. Yeah. Like this is no longer working for me. I'm giving it up right now. And right now I'm a yes for what's next in my life. Right. And I'm ready for what's next in my life right now. Man, I love everything that you just said. And I, I actually in my last talk Tuesday, I talked about something similar that's like, don't don't wait. Like so, yeah. many, so many things that you're scared of or that you know will be tough or that you don't know how to do yet. Those are the things that people wait one year, two years, five years, yeah. or never do yeah. in their entire lifetime because they're waiting for a perfect time, but there's there's no perfect time. Yeah. And there's I don't really think there's any way around. There's not like any trick to it or anything. It's just like you just have to do it yeah. now. Yeah. You have to do it now. Just like, start – go back. And it doesn't, mean, fans doesn't, mean, about it. doesn't mean you have to get it all done now. Right, exactly. It doesn't mean like you have to – you're not going to skip to mastery. But start the process Yes. Of it. Start you're the not going to skip – yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You're not going to skip to mastery. Mm. Like, But what you can do is like where can I begin? Like like – if it's something you really want to do, then it's something you're going to be engaged in all the time. Like I constantly, I listen to yoga classes, right? Like on YouTube, like I'll put my ears in and I'll listen to teachers. Sometimes like uh, famous teachers or teachers I know from around the country, and sometimes just random teachers, just to hear how they move a class, yeah. to hear how they call breath, to hear like how they give point to point cues, to hear like, and then I'll listen to lectures and I'll listen to talks about yoga and yoga history and meditation and wellness and other things around health. Like I immerse myself in this yeah. because I'm passionate about it. And I want to, um, I don't want to come from uh, teach from knowledge. So I want to um, incorporate like whatever I talk about is because I am about it. Like I'm incorporating it in my life. Yeah. And so if I'm asking other people to, um, to bring yoga into every aspect of their life or, or the, the practices they learn in yoga, the habits they create, then I need to be in my integrity with that too. And so like that immersion in it, um, I'm reading like, Maybe reading a book or yeah. definitely getting on your mat every day, like whatever it is, you begin the process of it right now, and God, you start so to you, and you start you get in the mindset of I'm doing it. Yeah, it's happening right now for me. I am it. Yeah, like if you I'm can't in, have like a second option. Yeah, and like yeah. when like are you gonna sign up for yoga teacher training? Which uh, sign up January Empower School of Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> January comes. Yeah, yeah. Quarter of the uh, quarter of your tuition goes to Smallwood Yoga, the nonprofit. But um, like well, as soon as you sign up for yoga teacher training, just call yourself a yoga teacher. Yeah. Like what do you do? I'm a yoga teacher. I yeah. start teacher training in January. Like I'm a yoga teacher, and so it's it's about like you, you're already taking that on. Mm. 
Like you may not know how to teach a yoga class, but if you get in the mindset of I'm a yoga teacher, yeah. then you're going to start to see that. It's going to start showing up. You're going to start um, like orienting your life around it. Yeah. And it's not like you don't, you don't, you're not just a yoga teacher for an hour in a class. Yeah. Like no. you, you show up as like, like when you become, uh, or when you want to be a teacher that impacts people, you have to show up as yourself. Mm-hmm. And so t- the, how you teach, it has to be a, a form of self-expression. Um, going back to my teacher and always giving credit, you know, to the people that came before me and, sure. and taught me. And, uh, Baron, he says the, the path of a master is to fulfill the artist. Yeah. And so when, when you become like masterful at something, then it becomes a form of self-expression. Like you learn how to put the lines down on the paper, but then all of a sudden, like when you like really get it and it's coming from source and like how it's impacted you and the impact you want to make, then you can color outside the lines. You can completely, um, you know, be artistic in yeah. the expression of what it is. It's like I'm calling yoga poses and, and I'm calling it in a way that it's coming from my heart and not from my knowledge. Yeah, 100 percent. And I only got two more questions, but I was just like fired up by, you know, what you were talking <laughs> about in terms of like say you're a yoga instructor, be it. Don't, don't uh, just like be about it. And one of the things that popped into my mind that I have listened to from uh, Zig Ziglar is he, yeah, he tells this, great. he tells this quote where there's a different, I'm not, I'm just going to kind of yeah, fall apart around it. the quote. Yeah. 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 So he talks about how there's a difference between commitment and association or the mm. difference between someone who's committed and someone who's associated. And he tells this joke about um, a chicken or a hen and a, um, a pig going to breakfast together. And they were like breakfast or like something about the breakfast or whatever. And they were like the pig was talking to the, the hen or the chicken. He was like, you're just associated. Like I'm committed. Like we're having bacon and eggs. Like I'm actually committed. Yeah. Like you're just associated. You yeah. can't actually walk the walk. That yeah. kind of a thing. And I don't know. I, I can't really 100% reiterate the story. But I just thought it was – that's what pops my head when you're yeah, talking that's, about that's, be it. Yeah. Be like, it. Like what, what you don't want to get into the uh, practice of – is pretending to be it for an hour. Yeah. Like you don't want to come into the room and sit like whatever it is. I'm speaking from my experience as a yoga teacher. And this is what we teach people in training is it has like, you want to show up, you want to take all the masks off and what's really going to um, create a, a, a community around your teaching is you showing up fully who you are. So yeah. you don't want to show up. I'm a yoga teacher for this hour. And then I go out and you see me out in the town and I'm someone different. Yeah. Like when you see me, when you see me at tailgate, when you see me at, um, at whiskey row, or when you see me at the grocery store, wherever you see me, I'm this guy. Yeah. And when you see me in the classroom, I'm this guy. I don't have number one. I, no, I, I, I don't have the memory. Yeah. I don't have the memory to lie and to pretend to be these things and carry up all the, carry all these, uh, uh, like, uh, ideas of myself and like, you know, putting it out there like I'm all these different people. Right. So all I can be is myself. And it really just frees me up. And so, like, I'm never worried about running into people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm never worried about whether I told someone the truth or not. Yeah. Um, I'm just completely everywhere my two feet land. I'm just sharing my heart. Yeah. And uh, hope and, you know, and just whether p- people like it. Great. If they don't like it. Great. Mm-hmm. There's a thousand yoga teachers and you can go find your teacher and my students will find me. And um, it just frees me up. So I can listen to people yeah. because I'm not trying to be something so I can really be there for people and listen and, and, and be a, a, a committed listener that's listening just to listen. Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. And the, and the way you're able to have that confidence is because you are aware and making the decisions that you make and saying the things that you say. So that's really cool. Second to last question is 
Uh, you do. I think you just turned, or not just turned, but forty years, forty years old now. Forty two. Forty two. Forty two. I don't know how I messed that up, but <laughs> don't <laughs> just put two it. years on you. That's okay. Um, I was trying to make you two years younger, but That's right. I'll I, take that. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel in, uh, better than I did at thirty two. Hey, there you go. That's awesome. Uh, so in ten years, you're gonna be fifty two. Yeah, and. Um, you know, and down the road, we all have goals that we think we want to do, things we want to accomplish, things Absolutely. we want to create and put out yeah. into the world. What does 52-year-old Chris Byford look like? <laughs> what is he doing? What does he accomplish? But like I said, what is he doing at the time? 52-year-old Chris Byford is teaching teachers how to teach teachers to teach yoga. <laughs> That's awesome. Like right now. I'm, but like you're being right, serious. Yeah, like literally like I remember sitting down with um, Adam Gardner like three years ago and us talking and. He was like, I want to, I want to DJ on Broadway. I want to, I want to live in an apartment where I look out and I see downtown. I want to do these things. I want to go on tour. And it's like, I want to do teacher trainings. I want to, I want to get involved in teacher trainings. I want to go out and, and teach in the public school system. Right. I want to, and like, and all of a sudden, like, here we are, we're like, I'm, I'm doing those things. And so I really believe in like setting those five and 10 year goals. And so for me, like, I want to create, uh, programs right now. I'm doing trainings. So I'm teaching people how to teach yoga. And then I want to create programs within that where I'm teaching people how to teach people how to teach yoga. And so like creating mastery and teaching of of, of teaching. And so, yeah. And so like, um, um, I don't, I can't, I can't go out and teach all the classes. I can't have the impact on all those people. The way I'm going to have the greatest impact and empower the most, the greatest number of people is by engaging in, in that, um, trainings. Yeah. And involved in the trainings. And of course, what I would really love to do is grow our Empower School of Yoga so it's not just Nashville based. We actually just, um, we have an Empower training going on in Oxford, Mississippi coming up next year. Awesome. We just added a 300 hour training so that people can become 500 hour teachers here in yeah. Nashville. So what I would love to do is expand that training and expand the Small World Yoga nonprofit footprint mm-hmm. in, into like a beach area. Gotcha. Yeah, there you go. So, you so I can go and spend, live there, right? I want to spend like spend like three or four months there, and then spend the rest of the time here, yeah. and really grow um, our outreach mission at Small World Yoga to bring yoga to underserved populations. Yeah. Um, I know that how it's impacted my life, and then and working and like bringing it to different locations here in Nashville, like teaching in the prison systems, teaching in the public school systems. You know, I've taught at the rescue mission. You know, on November second, I go to Glengarry Elementary for career yeah. day. It's amazing, yeah. and so like I want to go do that in other cities and yeah. I want to create the foundation for other people to be able to do that. Yeah. And so like expanding our small world footprint so we can go make a difference in, in other cities. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I, it sounds like you're on the right path and you just got to keep churning away and keep working away one at a time. Well, I want, before I ask the last question, I want to thank you. I appreciate all the positive energy, dude. I'm just so uplifted right now. and I'm sure everybody else feels the same way. Um, just, you know, all the energy you bring, you can tell how passionate you are about it and everything like that. Um, but the last question is the uh, podcast is called Best You Podcast. And I think that we're all on the journey to become the best version of ourselves. Right. And I think, I'm not sure if we're ever to that person, maybe on our, our deathbed, we can take our last breath feeling like we are yeah. uh, f- fulfilled and everything like that. But I think there's, uh, you know, constant steps that we have to take in order mm-hmm. to become that best version of ourselves. Yeah. And so what I want to ask for you personally is if you could do or work on three things to become that best version of yourself or closer to that best Chris Byford you can be? What are those three things you could do or work on? Mm, that's a good question. First and foremost, radical self-acceptance. Mm. Like a complete acceptance of all the good, all the bad, what I like, what I don't like. Like just owning who I am mm. and how I am um, will free me up. 
Um, and then the, the continued love for growing is number two. Like, um, I, I can love who I am and still want to grow into it. And really that growing into it is just, um, when you try new things on, you learn something more about yourself. When you meet new people, you see something new about yourself in them. Yeah. And so that growth isn't so much like I have to change who I am. Like I'm not trying to change like who I am at my core, but I want to grow into a greater understanding of myself. Mm. And I do that by challenging myself, trying new things, meeting new people, going new places. And so like radical self-acceptance, committed to growth, and then um, service. Like for me, it's always service like if you want to if you don't know what your purpose is in this life and you you feel like you're just going through the motions every day you have no idea what it is find a way to serve yeah find a way and, to give yeah and like in, in service you'll you'll find your purpose yeah like even if it's not serving more like serving beyond that like you'll find it when you serve people like you'll start to get answers mm-hmm. when you become selfless you'll learn more about the self yeah like when in yoga we have um this practice called drishti where we anchor our eyes to a physical point outside of our body. And when we do that, we get greater understanding of what's actually happening in our body in that yeah. moment. So if I focus my eyes on one spot when I'm in airplane pose, I know what's happening in all 10 of my fingers and all 10 of my toes. Yeah. And so like in service, you focus your attention outside of you. And in that focusing outside of you, you'll learn more about yourself. Yeah. You know what? I, I've just had this thought and it's the first time I ever thought it. I think one of the reasons why giving is so fulfilling and that's how you kind of if you're if you're in this place where you're not sure what your passion is you want to give because you don't give to somebody else something that you don't want to give them right yeah. you know what i mean like if you're giving somebody a christmas gift you want to get some give something they're going to be proud of or that you yeah. like yeah. and that way you can discover what you like about yourself and yeah. you can give that to absolutely. other people. Absolutely. It's a big self-realization yeah. practice too. Yeah, absolutely. Like so if you need love in your life, if you need um connection in your life, whatever you need in your life, go give it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Because when you give it to someone else, you'll find the source of it in yourself. So if I need love, like I go give love to someone and all of a sudden I'm connected to that place where the love came from. Yeah. If I need um, support, if I need compassion, whatever it is I need, I go give it and then I'm connected to what where that is in me. Gotcha. And so it's this ex- exact same thing. Yeah. Like what you, what, what you give, what you need. Mm. And then you get access and you realize, I don't need it, I already have it. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's it, man. Well, I appreciate you coming in. That was awesome. You, yes, sir. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now it's time to act. Leave a like and a comment on YouTube. Subscribe to that page. If you're on iTunes, leave it a five-star review. Help the show move up the ranks so more and more people can get access to it. Feel free to take a screenshot of this episode and let me know you're listening on Instagram. Yoga has changed Chris's life in so many different ways and mostly off the mat. It shifts the way he treats people. It shifts the way he looks at negative things that happen in his life and so much more. His state of being is in such a higher place right now than he ever could have imagined. Thanks so much for listening. Keep taking consistent action every single day. Now it's time to go out and upgrade yourself today to get closer and closer to your best you.